hello everybody and welcome back to the two girls one book podcast i am hannah and my lovely co-host rhiannon is remotely over in manchester i'm here (laughs) um we are back with a short stories episode we skipped one in the madness of um tour and house moving so we've we're back on track and we've got a few books to talk about today um yeah this episode is brought to you by the letters A, R, and C. We uh, had yeah. a lot of ARCs to get through this this month, so we I think have managed to fit them all in between the two of us. So I think we've j- m- miraculously yeah. anyway. Um, but we have also managed to squeeze in some that are our picks, and Rhiannon is going to kick off with one of her picks. I think it's a newish yeah. one. I'll I'll be honest. I've not done. I've I've not really shared my. Uh, weight of the burden of arcs um (laughs) hannah's been uh doing much better than me with that um i don't know why i just i've i've come back from having two weeks of not really reading at all when i was away and then i've just really struggled to get back into it so i've i my emphasis is on on a few books i've i've i'm very much of the few variety today so yeah i've only got a couple to talk about um, but my first one is, as Hannah said, uh, one of my own picks, um, which was The Bullet That Missed by Richard Osman, which is the third book in the Thursday Murder Club series. Um, and um, I have loved the previous two. Uh, the first one in particular, I think I I really got on board with. I loved the, I loved the characters. It's the same old premise. It's old people solving crimes and they're very endearing characters to read about um however (laughs) this one kind of missed the mark for me a little bit um yeah so i i I actually listened to this one i do have the physical book um but i there, there was just a sort of period where I, I was doing a little bit of driving about I do far less driving now I I don't work up in Cumbria every week now so I don't tend to have quite as many long journeys so I'm not getting through anywhere near as many audiobooks as I used to um and I don't know whether listening to it has made me feel differently about it right I thought that the narration was great um I really enjoyed I really enjoyed her. Uh I don't know. I I don't think it was that actually. I think it was just the fact that with each book they seem to be getting more and more far-fetched the crimes and right. a little bit more complex and um yeah, I don't know whether it just felt it felt that much more detached from reality. Okay. For me. I don't really know what it exactly what it was. I still I still enjoyed it. I still <laughs> loved being back with the Thursday Murder Club gang. Um and yeah, I I like all of the characters and I have enjoyed seeing where like finding out more tidbits of information about each of them and their backgrounds and how they've come to really value this this club that that they've um made uh yeah so i don't i don't know i I feel like i've seen quite a lot of people say like it's the 
the one that they like the most so I don't know whether I'm in the minority or whether it just I just read it at a slightly weird time because I was feeling a bit just blah about books <laughs> in general yeah um yeah I don't know it sounds like I've got the first two on my shelves and have not picked them up. But when you say it gets a little bit far-fetched, I'm remembering like the Secret Seven and Famous Five books of my childhood, which I loved. But I think there was something like 25 original Famous Five books. And by book like seven or eight, they did start to get a bit ridiculous. So yeah. I'm imagining that it's like the Enid Blyton for like older people. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. And I, I don't really know what I'm expecting him to do because I feel like they ha- they have to kind of get a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah. Because um, it can't just be the same thing over and over again. And they want more of a challenge as a, as a murder-solving club. Yeah. So things have to get more complex and, yeah, with more people involved and... So I, I don't know what the answer is. I will still read more books in the series. Mm-hmm. I think I would go... I think maybe for the next one, I will go back to reading the physical copy. Yeah. Um, And see, see where I am with it then. Because I don't know whether it was just... I, I was slightly taken out of it because I was listening to it as an audiobook. Sometimes I think it can go either way with audiobooks, can't yeah. it? Sometimes you're completely immersed. Like I listened to the Paper Palace and my god that was like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But with other books I've definitely found that I've gotten yeah, I, I think I would get more out of it if I had read it as a physical. Yeah. Um when so you, I don't know. When you think back to like reading the first one and two, did you like blast through them physically? Yeah. So I wonder whether it's that like you pause when you get out the car, you stop maybe. and it kind of takes you out of like yeah. that moment a little bit maybe. Yeah, yeah, possibly. So it might well be my own my own fault <laughs> that I, I couldn't immerse myself in the ridiculous crime underworld. Yeah. Don't know. But yeah, I think I'll I'll go back to to physical book with the next one and then and then reevaluate what I'm what I'm thinking. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a kind of murder mystery um, book to talk about next. It's Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner, which um, was a hundred percent not on my radar. I forgot to take a book to work yesterday, and it was twenty degrees sunshine on my lunch break, and I panicked and I took one out of the little free library that we've got at work. So that's. <laughs> genuinely the only reason that I picked this book up um but I I smashed through it in a day so it was obviously enjoyable um it's thrillery so there isn't super amounts to be able to say about the plot um but it there is basically centers around a group of siblings and their partners there's two brothers and a sister and they've got um like obviously sisters-in-law um two of the sisters-in-law are pregnant at the same time um, living their best lives. They live in a big, big house in Greenwich Park in London, inherited by a wealthy father. Um, I guess the clue's in the name. It's called Greenwich Park. <laughs> that's why, that's where it comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there are a few different threads running through the book. Um, there's a trigger warning, there's a historic rape case which kind of pops its little head up and down, so you're not quite sure where that ties in to this group of friends and family. Um, there's hints of secrets within their past 
There's an ongoing trial that's happening right now. Um, one of the sisters-in-law is a journalist, so she's covering that case. And you're not quite sure whether or not there is like a, re- a related link to her okay. family. Um, and then there's a mysterious woman who kind of shows up and elbows her way into the group. Okay. So there's lots of li- little threads for you to pick up on. And I always like to think that I can guess a thriller ending. Um, and I, what I felt with this, because there were so many different threads and so many different suspicions that I could have had, it actually kept me kind of guessing right up until about the last 50 pages. So I really enjoyed that. It was nice. well done on that front. Um, all of them were suspicious at one point or another. So there was definitely like different ways the story could have gone. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to right in the beginning. So that was a win. Um, so yeah, really enjoyable, um, fast paced little thriller. I don't even know when it came out, but it was a, just a random pick from the library and it did its job in the sunshine. Let's have a little look. Nice. When were you published? 2021 so it's a few years old um but I'd never heard of the author before and I think I'd be happy to read something else by her the characters all felt believable which I think sometimes in these thrillers they can be a little bit caricatured yeah but I I kind of understood all of their motivations and and um and also there was quite a lot of nice like wealthy like nosing about in people's big mansions that I quite enjoyed as well the vicariously living through that having like nice. underground extensions and things put on us. Yeah. Oh, okay, fancy. But yeah, yeah I'd recommend it. Live. Just to kind cool. of sit in the sunshine. Um, Very nice. Which leads me on to the next one, which is an ARC, um, The Girls of Summer by Katie Bishop. This will have come out by the time this episode comes out. As we're recording, yes. it comes out in yes, about two days week, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were gifted this one by Transworld Publishing Publishers, I think. Um, I should have made notes on this because there's a lot. <laughs> so yeah. if I get any of them wrong, I'll tag them in the actual post. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it Bantam Press? I see. Bantam Press. See. Yeah. Yes. I can see it on the spine. It says. Yeah, but then inside, the publicity is from Penguin Random House. Yeah, so... it's all like, they're all little offshoots of. Who knows? The big one, aren't they? Basically gifted by so. the big one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just say that for all of them. Um, this one was another really great, like, dark, twisty little summer read. So yeah. um, I think I have already likened it to kind of... Starts a little bit paper palace in that mm-hmm. it's a woman on holiday with her husband reminiscing about the last time that she was in this place. Okay. So it's dual timeline... With, but the same character, she's telling us back, it's literally then and now. The chapters are, are titled then and now. Um, and I, it, it's, if you like, if you want a little pool read or a beach read that's a little bit darker, then this is absolutely it. It's really, really good. Um, it's set in the Greek ar- archipelago, little Greek islands. It's not a specific island, so just use your imagination. And it's very easy to do that because the writing is so, like, it's, it's escapism at its best it it makes you feel like there's like warm summer nights Mm. bright mornings um but there is hints to something having gone on in the past that was maybe not so bright and summery yeah um again it's a thriller so 
there's not much I can say about the plot-wise without wanting to kind of spoil the twists and turns. Um, it says on the back, what if everything you remember was a lie? So being kind of vague about it, it's basically a, exploring the idea that things that you may have perceived a certain way in your late teens, as you get older with hindsight and current affairs, you may well view those things differently. Okay. Um, there is wealthy men, drink, drugs, younger girls. There's a definite Jeffrey Epstein vibe to some of the characters. Um, and yeah, I, I wish I could say more, but I think I think you get the, the idea of the book. But I, there is a twist that happens, um, which is really good. Um, I have to say, I didn't 100% connect with the main character. She felt a little bit... Um, naive to me even as an adult I, I felt her a little bit unbelievable but I understood the reason why she had to play that character in order for the story to develop so I I didn't hate it because of that but I, there was a part of me that was like oh like you this is yeah a bit obvious um but I really enjoyed the writing it was escapism this is the closest you'll get to me reading a beach read <laughs> um yeah. okay but yeah really enjoyable um I would thoroughly and thoroughly recommend it. And I would say there's slight little trigger warnings about certain things, but nothing like super graphic or really, really bad. Um, so it's okay. not it's not super, super dark. Nice. Done. Okay. Lovely. Well done. You're doing very well with all of things. <laughs> I need a huge <laughs> pint of, well, I was going to say water, but I'm actually drinking wine already. A pint of wine. Goodness. Mm. Um, I mean... No judgment here. It's all it's all, it's all drink. It's all good. Um, I'm not drinking throughout the week this week because last week was too heavy. So I've decided that I'm going to attempt to have a few days off. We'll see how well that goes. It is only um, Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, the next one I've actually read. Woo-hoo. Hooray! Yay! Um, and you didn't you didn't discuss this the last time because you read it a little while ago, didn't you? Uh, but... Yeah, it was a week. But maybe it was only two weeks ago, though. Not. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Feels that feels like forever ago. I don't know. <laughs> time is a weird concept at the moment. And I've also seen you loads, so like w- loads more than normal. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. My my time. That's not a bad thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but usually we see each other like once every few months. Yeah. So we've seen yeah. each other three times in the last three weeks, in which three makes weeks, it feel yeah. like three months have gone past. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, so the next one that we're going to talk about is Famous for a Living by Melissa Ferguson. Um, this was gifted to us by... Thomas Nelson, is it? The, that's the... Um, that's on the spine. It's a HarperCollins offshoot. HarperCollins offshoot. Fabulous. I feel like this came from America because it's everything on the back is like, I think it dollars came, and stuff. Yeah, I think it came from America and I'm not even sure if this is out in the UK yet. So Whoa, we might be giving everyone we're a really... special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I know you said this is the, the last one was the closest you'd to come to a beach read. But again, this is like light chiclet. Yes. Um, admittedly, it's set generally in uh, colder, colder climes. Yeah. Um, but 
it's a very easy read and to be honest i was grateful that this one was on our arcs yeah, list because i was like oh <laughs> please just something that's easy um because quite a few of the arcs we've been sent have been of a more serious nature i think that might have be why that i've been putting them off because i just can't be bothered yeah challenging myself and when the sun's shining you just want a fun read so oh, you do yeah yeah. No, I get it. And I was exactly the same. I was really pleased. I had like a sunny afternoon and I was like, this is exactly perfect for what I need. I just yeah. needed to not really have to concentrate and to be able to have a bit of an escape to to the exactly. wonderful yeah. world of, of social media influencers. Yeah. I mean, it do, it's, it's not all completely light and fluffy. It has some pretty sort of serious uh, things that it's trying to tackle about the use of social media and yeah. how we're all obsessed with our phones um and it did make me feel like super guilty <laughs> so i guess we'll give you a little rundown of what it's what it's about but it's about um cat cramwell who is a superstar influencer extraordinaire yeah. in new york and she basically gets screwed over by someone that she's working with um and has to uh, kind of do a runner from her life um and sort of go goes back to stay with her uncle who uh is a ranger in a national park and yeah yeah it basically goes back to the simple things in life um to reevaluate yeah uh, what is important to her um and that's kind of it <laughs> she meets she meets lots of people she thinks long and hard about her career yeah. her career choices and her relationship yeah. with social media the fact it's her job so she has to have a relationship with social media but how is it possible in this day and age to do that in a healthy way yes um and i thought that was a really like it was a interesting modern concept like, yeah it was it was very relevant especially like because we I mean we're not proper social no we've got like a half a toe in that water yeah we do um but but still you I I am guilty of looking at what's going on on my phone far too often um so yeah it, it made me think and I thought it was well written yep and I quite liked Kat and there's a nice little sort of love story knocking knocking around in there as well, which I didn't find too cringy or yeah, too eye rolling. Uh, no, and I, that's exactly what I thought. So I, it's obviously not like a super heavy read, but it no. was like you said, well written. It was fun, funny, um, and the, the idea of like social media and the kind of commentary on that really interesting. Nice to throw that in, and the romance I felt like almost took a back seat it was predictable and you could kind of see where it was going but it Mm. didn't feel like all of her focus was on the romance side of it which I think is what I found really refreshing because so yeah the main kind of character arc was her finding who she was rather than anything else and how she related to other people um I thought it was really 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 well written really like yeah fun um and it made me want to go to the national parks in 
So I don't know whether mm. part of one of the one of the it's not really a spoiler, but she uses her powers of social media for the um, national park. And I don't know whether this place is a real place, but it made me want to go no, and I visit it. Yeah. <laughs> so if that was yeah. part of it, it's done its job. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And there was like funny little moments of like the beginning of her like life crossing over into the mountains where she had like 17 suitcases and a stupid car and just thinking, yep. yeah, I can picture you as a person. I could picture it like... Cameron Diaz in the holiday when she gets yes, to, the, to the little cottage, that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and I was not e- expecting to enjoy it. I picked it Which, up like a, oh no, this is my homework. I've got to read this because someone's been kind yeah. enough to send it to me. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Nice. High praise indeed coming from Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a difficult one to win over with fluff. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not a fluffy person. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> although, actually, well, now I can move into another, I guess, fluff. Um, there's two ones I that I just yeah. want to quickly talk about that Rhiannon's already talked about in depth in a different episode, so I didn't really want to kind of go deep into them. Um, but the first one is Really Good Actually by Monica Heisey, which you talked about, I think, in the last Short Stories episode... Yeah, ages ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> months ago. Um, written by Monica Heisey, who's one of the um, writers on Shit's Creek. So expecting kind of fun, observational comedy, um, pretty lighthearted, which is I th- what I got. I know that, Rhiannon, you'd said that you um, struggled to kind of connect with the character, which yeah. I think is what made you not love it so much. And yeah. I... connected with the character so I really did enjoy it (laughs) um she is uh, very much a catastrophizer midnight googler Mm -hmm. over dramatic Mm -hmm. mad Mm -hmm. woman yeah so yeah actually now you say it yeah it makes perfect sense (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I also had the kind of life experience of young marriage short-lived marriage which I understood and got um so yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought there was maybe something missing plot-wise. When I got to the end of the book, I wasn't really sure that I'd had a story. Yeah. Um, so I I think for a debut, yeah, like fair enough, it was fine. But I would maybe want a little bit more meat to the plot um, sure. for the next book. But I thought it was well-observed and and funny. From a fellow drama queen, <laughs> I um, yes. I got her. <laughs> Right, um, got you. <laughs> the other one, um, which again I couldn't not speak about. I know you loved this one. It was "Oh Sister" yeah. by Jodie Chapman. Um, I've written down on my notes. Loved, loved, loved. All three women were like super believable, despite yeah. the fact that their life experiences were so different. Um, yeah, I cared about all of them. Cared about all of their stories, and I could just see how. Um, pervasive that strict religion can be if it's your whole life is entangled in it your friends your family like everything and um yeah I just thought it was really well done but very sensitively done as well like it didn't really feel like she was bashing anyone so to speak um she was simply telling their stories yeah um yeah but yeah I thought it was it was really good um the trigger warning of um like baby loss did I know you'd given me that and it had me in absolute pieces there's highlights all over it but um yeah really well done so that I didn't want to let it just slip by without mentioning 
go if you yeah, haven't still read one of my it, read definitely it. yeah 100 percent. it's one of my top books of the year if not the top book i think like yeah. i can't i can't think of any other book where i felt like i connected so much with all of the characters even though my life experience has zero in common with any of them i just thought the writing was so impressive yeah to yeah. make me feel that way um yeah i i loved it highly recommend okay next is oh it's a, me next well it's a, it's us but i do oh, think yes you... it's you it's you oh, this is it one. me oh okay maybe it's me okay fine this um, one i'm waving it yeah i'm yes. waving it too it's you this one is a bit of rhiannon it is so this one um is honeybees and distant thunder by Rico under which uh is a japanese translated fiction it's sold over a million copies in japan um so it's obviously done all right and it was translated by philip gabriel who's the guy that translated lonely castle in the mirror which was one of my top top reads of 2021 yeah um so I went in with high hopes for this, um, not only because of those things, but because it's set in the classical music world, um, which is obviously a world that I inhabit. I don't necessarily inhabit this exact classical music realm um, because one, I'm not a pianist, two, I'm not a prodigy, <laughs> <laughs> and three, I don't do international competitions. Um, so, but I, I have dipped my toe into the water of, of various different competitions, um, before, so I kind of, I know a bit about it. Um, so I was very interested to see how it was tackled. Um, but yeah, basically the basic premise of it is that we, uh, follow several, um, young pianists. So they're uh, usually with all of these international competitions, the uh, criteria is that you've got to be under 30. Mm -hmm. So once you pass 30, you are past it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's so stressful, honestly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a bit depressing. As if you've not got um, enough to worry about turning 30. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. Well, now you're too old to be talented. Now, <laughs> now, you, now you just should be that good and you, you can't be in a competition to prove it um talking about competition just the whole subject of competitions within uh, an art which is entirely subjective like i find it completely baffling but what i quite liked about this book is it kind of tackles that yeah as well like just the absurdity of trying to pit these all amazing musicians anyone yeah. who's like got past the sending in an application to get into the competition anyone in even in that first round is going to be an absolutely phenomenal musician like yeah. insanely talented and to have to choose between them insane i just i wouldn't i wouldn't wish it on anyone yeah um but i i liked that this book t kind of tackled the absurdity of the entire thing um, and yeah, the the basic premise of it is that we go through the entire competition. So it's broken into the different rounds of the competition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and within those bigger sections, it's all just short little chapters, which again, top marks for that. Yeah. Um, and 
we sort of take a deep dive into yeah what makes all of these musicians tick like what what they find uh inspires them and, and how they react to other things going on in the competition and uh yeah it was just a fascinating insight i i like to be nosy we talked about this on the last um the last podcast uh talking about the um snl type yeah, program like and just like having a little peek behind yeah. peek behind the magician's cloth this is that but in a classical music piano yeah. competition setting yeah um which i appreciate is probably a bit niche and some things may go over some people's heads if you are not uh in any way musically trained but i think most of it if you've got like a a loose grasp on Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is... I am the loose, the loose grasp on things. In that, <laughs> <laughs> like I've been around musical people for my whole life. My dad is very yeah. musical. My mum taught herself how to play the piano. Both of my siblings are very musical. I did not yeah. get that gene. That is not my forte. <laughs> but so I'm aware of like the terminology and the the various concertos and the orchestra and all yeah. of that. So. I don't think you necessarily have to have an in-depth knowledge. I think you probably got a lot more from it than I did, but that didn't mean that I didn't enjoy it. I yeah. I could enjoy the world and um, I don't think I maybe emotionally will have connected with any of the characters, maybe as much as someone who's got experience of that world or even like classical music sure. would, but I still enjoyed the story and the way that she well, the way that the author wrote, but then also the translation of yeah. how to bring sounds into words that made me actually feel it. And um, yeah. that was spectacular, the way that that was done. Um, I'm a music fan, so I know that music can evoke these like huge feelings in people, whether you're trained in it or not. And I got that those feelings from the writing, which yeah. it was a similar feeling that I imagine people get when they go and sit and watch these competitions and the and the big performances um yeah i i thought that that was super impressive as well because i think that's the thing that i that's the thing that i struggle with in language is emoting in actual words (laughs) Um, so i i think that her yeah that that sort of trans she's translating music yeah. and then that's being translated into so she's translated it into japanese and then mm-hmm. it's been translated it into english um yeah and and that was amazing to me because uh, i wouldn't necessarily know how to i don't think i would be able to describe my what's going on in my mind sometimes nothing um <laughs> quite a lot of the time not <laughs> but but no there, there's so much stuff that that i probably haven't considered that that i'm doing when i'm playing yeah um so it was it was interesting to to me to sort of yeah read about that um and i said in my review i posted my review today um that it made me want to go and practice <laughs> yeah so I think that's a good thing. It made me want um, to go and learn. <laughs> yeah. Which I think I'm very much over 30, so it's too late for me. But, um, <laughs> too late. Yeah. 
I think also one of the really big things that I picked up on was that not only are they all, um, they're all playing the same instrument. It's a piano competition. They're all playing music that has been written into notes and therefore technically could be picked up by anybody who knows how to play it. But she very, she managed to get the different personalities of the different players through the music then translated into us so yeah. it's not even just like this is a piece of music which makes you feel sad it's that specific character playing that music makes you feel a and another character playing the same thing would make you feel b it's their interpretation yeah. and it's their emotion that's going into the same piece of music which i thought yeah. was magical the way that that came across in words in a book yeah yeah she definitely did something that I would never have been able to do mm-hmm. in the yeah the descriptions so hats off I, yeah. I very much enjoyed it and gave it I think I'd probably give it like a 4.5 star I think I gave it a 4 only because there was that level of like mm. personal experience that I definitely could have done with a bit more knowledge on what I yeah. loved was without giving the ending away the the author that makes it very clear that the competition itself is not the story almost with the way that yeah. she ends it it's the it is the characters and their relationships to the music and to each other that is the story yeah. um so i really enjoyed that and i thought that that was made it a little bit more kind of emotional for me in that it was more just the story of their their beings as opposed to oh it's a competition and this is how it ends um so yeah really really good i would thoroughly recommend it me too oh me again oh no this is just my monologue um yeah. sorry i'll try <laughs> okay. and read something else for next time can't well, promise some of them anything we've, we've both read some of them so I'm, i feel like um yeah it's not all me this one i am excited to talk about actually this was um gifted to us by the same publishers who gave us the last one, Doubleday. <laughs> Looking at them both. This is The Poet by Louisa Reed. Um, and I don't think I sold it very well in my review that I posted. So this is my second chance. So I'm going to take okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this is Louisa Reed's debut adult novel. She's written novels, uh, young adult novels before. Um, and I I don't know whether I described it this way, but this is My Dark, Ves- my dark Vanessa, but for academics for poets for people who are really into the kind of technicalities of language it's yeah it's written entirely in verse but that doesn't mean it rhymes so okay it's perfect here's a thumbs up for Rihanna and it's perfect small sections so there's no big long chapters each section is maybe a page long that's it it's got a little title so that's really great and it tells the story of a toxic relationship between Emma who is an Oxford graduate writing about um, a Victorian poet that not many people know about and called Charlotte Mew, I better name checker, <laughs> and um, Tom, who is her older, now ex-professor, but he was her okay. professor at Oxford. Okay. <laughs> Rhiannon's already pulling weird faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's told from Emma's perspective and the writing is immediately very personal. You really feel like this is almost like her, almost like her diary or like a very personal letter she's writing to Tom almost um 
so I really quickly connected with her as a protagonist, like straight away. I was like, right, I know who this person is and I know what motivates them. Um, she starts to see the failings in her relationship and um, her own self-doubt in her own abilities and, and what she's doing with her life. And I, I physically couldn't put it down because I just wanted to know where she was going and what she was doing and how she was going to get out of this situation. Um, I really just wanted everything to come good in the end. It is, despite me saying it's dark, there isn't any really very graphic kind of... Um, there's nothing really graphically dark. It is okay. just the weird ick feeling that you get of professor and student relationship. Yeah. Um, she's not underage or anything, so it's not like legally like mm-hmm. weird but it's definitely morally very weird yeah but not graphic um okay. and actually the the main the big feeling that i got throughout the whole thing is um of girl power it's a story of her growth from the young girl who she was when she was in his classes to who she actually is and her taking back the power understanding the power that she's got um and and getting revenge in a pretty okay. sweet way okay. so I, it's actually really genuinely very great and it doesn't rhyme it's not like a dr zeus book <laughs> okay yeah i just get nervous when people say uh, it's written in verse i just think uh i automatically my brain goes us oh, pretentious then <laughs> um i can see i can see that point Maybe I'm a bit pretentious. Maybe that's why maybe. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe oh. even just give it a shot for like the 20 pages and see yeah, if I mean, you're it's interested not, it's in not the story. a big book as well, is it? So yeah, I'll, I, I'll not, it's not a no from me. Right. But okay. I'll, I'll have a go. Yeah. But it might, uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it definitely is like the story and her personality is compelling enough to make you kind of want to know more even mm. if the verse is something that puts you off i think it's well done enough that you'll still be interested in the story okay cool all right um one which i don't think you'd like but i oh okay right i was gonna <laughs> maybe pick this so <laughs> sorry i was i was gonna pick this up this morning and then i looked at the back of it and then thought no this is too much for me right now i need something mm. yeah it's okay it's whether violent or natural by natasha calder which we got sent by bloomsbury and it's definitely not for everyone i liked it i didn't love it but it was an interesting concept so let me see if i can sell it to you i saw it described i was looking when i was making notes today i saw it described as cli-fi on the internet today which is short for climate fiction (laughs) So okay. this is a new, whole new genre that we never, never knew existed. It does now. Yeah. You're already pulling a face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess it's a kind of form of dystopia, but because it's grounded in like real life events, it's a bit more realistic. Yeah, cli-fi. It's so silly. <laughs> um, I, I thought that the CLI stand, was going to stand for something else then. No, so. no, I might have enjoyed that more. <laughs> um, no. This, so... <laughs> It's dystopia, but with a very environmental push, which I get, fine, okay, fair yeah. enough. It's an important it's an important kind of topic to talk about. 
the book is there's no kind of clear time or place so it's it, it could very easily have been five years from now or 500 years from now equally believable um which I didn't mind I saw some reviews today where they were like well I didn't know what time I was in so it annoyed me and I was a bit like oh no I actually quite enjoyed that feeling of like uncertainty of like how close is this future and it centers around well it's told from the perspective of Kit who is a young woman in her 20s living on a wild island with a man in his 40s called Creven and they live on this remote island again we don't know whereabouts it seems kind of Scottish Highlands-y and they're hiding out in a castle which has been well stocked by survivalists um, before they arrived because they are living in an age of antibiotic resistance and their relationship is a bit weird it was hard to work out they sometimes come across as like parent child sometimes come across as lovers she calls him daddy a lot but I'm not quite sure in which context so I was a little Uh bit like I don't get what's going on here Um, and the balance of power shifts between them a lot through the book so you're never quite sure actually who is in charge um who thinks they're in charge and who actually has the kind of power um and it's told as I said it's told from Kit's perspective she's not a wholly likable character she's definitely got flaws um but I felt like that was purposeful to kind of add an element of like an unreliable narrator maybe so that I definitely felt a little bit unsure about what was going on and whether I was allowed to trust her or not um I think had she been portrayed as like a 100% good girl then the whole story would have been changed for me um the world where they're living there's basically bacteria have started to kind of destroy man-made plastics or the man-made materials. So they rely on like natural fabrics for clothing and they have to um, really be careful about protecting the few plastic items that they do own from being contaminated. So there was elements of feeling a little bit COVID-y, like sanitizing things, protecting things. Um, And people are branded with little symbols to show what they've been immunised against. So there's obviously nasty viruses floating around on the mainland. Um, It's short. Let me see how many pages. 200-ish pages. So, like, easy to get through if you're into it, which I was. I read read it quite quickly. Um, But again, similarly to, what did I say? Really good, actually. It didn't actually feel like there was like a huge plot. So by the end of it, I was a bit like, I've just had a bit of a lesson that like this might be coming, but I didn't really have that much of a story. There's a woman washes up on the shore of the the island, but she, she didn't necessarily feel like she was, I didn't need that in the story. She didn't make a massive difference to the story. Um, Okay. So, yeah, I don't really know. It was a kind of three out of five, maybe 3.5. The writing was really nice, like lyrical, almost felt a bit like folklore It felt like mm. I was being told like a long folklore tale, a little bit gothic, Edgar Allan Poe-esque. Um, and it was nicely wrapped up at the end with a little bow. But it's weird. So okay. unless you are already into dystopia or... Cli-fi, <laughs> then I don't know if it's if it's the one for you. Okay, fair enough. I think that sounds 
like a, a fair review. I think I probably again I'll I'll try the first few pages. I just couldn't be bothered with it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went yeah. for another easy read um to start in the sunshine. Yeah. It's definitely um, one where like the the main character is quite hard to connect with. So yeah. it makes it a little bit harder to persevere because you don't necessarily care that much actually what happens to them so it's a tricky one um well my final one for today was a random pick uh, of one of the books that I had knocking about on my kindle um because this was when I was away and I I'd only taken the the one slightly disappointing uh coho book with me um Maybe I didn't. I didn't talk about that. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I could. I could. I'll. I'll talk about that very briefly. Um, okay. So I. I took reminders of him, to on tour with me. I went. I zoomed through it really quickly, um, but I didn't like it. Um, I finished it when I was. I came back after a night out. I'd been, and had a lot of glasses of wine, and I thought this is a good idea I'll finish my book (laughs) and I I, honest to god couldn't tell you what happened but I just couldn't be bothered rereading it (laughs) so I I don't know how it ended and I don't care um it's I think I wrote in my review it's a classic tale of a woman goes to prison for uh something that she she actually did but it was an accident in um inverted commas uh, and then she is wants to reconnect with her daughter who was born in prison um, and then was shipped off to live with other relatives. And and then there's a, obviously there's a love interest. It's Coho. He seems yeah. fine. I just didn't like the, I didn't like the protagonist. So herein like, is the link. I just yeah. didn't care about her. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm I'm off the coho train for now. It didn't it didn't impress me. But the book that I came here to talk about <laughs> did impress me and I did like the protagonist. Um so this one is Little Wing by Freya North. Um and I can't remember why I downloaded it, but it was probably on a like a 99p deal or something. I just thought, "Oh, it sounds not quite nice." And it was indeed quite nice. Um it's a pretty easy read. Uh it's dual timeline um a few uh, multiple points of view um so you know that's already some big ticks um in the modern day we've got uh Nell and Doogie um who are uh they live in uh Colchester and in London respectively um and then we've got a past timeline which I don't want to say too much about but it's um it's basically revealing more of Nell's past through her family members um and it's told in like almost sort of diary entry okay um slash letter type things um and the paths converge in the outer hebrides on the island of harris um and it's basically just a story of discovery finding finding your family finding your place uh i guess about 
forgiveness um and yeah it was really beautifully written the sort of location writing again was top notch it was gorgeous it made me want to go to harris and just have a wander around um i've been when i was a kid it was the midgiest holiday i've ever been on (laughs) (laughs) she didn't write about that no she sold me a lie um (laughs) Well, okay, so I'm never going to go to Harris. Looks beautiful if you sit in the car. Okay, I see. Or like slather yourself in (laughs) insect repellent. I don't know. Um, No, she didn't write about the the insects. Um, But uh, yeah, the book was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, And I, yeah, I I powered through it pretty quickly. Um, But yeah, I definitely read more by Freya North. I'd never read anything. Yeah, I'd else by her I'd never heard of it and when you'd sent me and I was like right I'm just gonna quickly google because I try and come up with tenuous links so I was trying to figure out where it fitted in a thing and when I'd seen it was writing about the Outer Hebrides that's like my mum lives in the middle of nowhere in Scotland so that is like location 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 for me but I've got like PTSD from the Isle of Harris so I might not pick this one up Okay, well, the, the relationships and the sort of voyage of discovery that yeah. uh, that she goes on, and and um, Doogie as well, that who's the other? Um, uh, he's originally from Harris, right? And he sort of meets her through a just by accident, um, and sort of how how they come to know each other um, is a really interesting uh, sort of. Yeah, thread as well. There's quite a lot of um, different aspects to the story that I really enjoyed learning about, and it didn't, it didn't feel it wasn't eye rolly or anything. It was just yeah, it was a really nice little book. Yeah, I saw lots um, of good reviews of it, so I'd be interested to pick it up and have a little read. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. sounds like she writes very nicely. Yeah, it, she the writing was gorgeous, and yeah, it was really it's very easy to get into as well. So yeah, it was ideal. Okay, well, I'm going to end um, indulging my inner basic bitch with a little guilty pleasure, which is Bravo TV shows. You can look at me blankly, but I think even non-Bravo fans would have been hard-pressed to have, like, avoided the big scandal that's happened on Vanderpump Rules. You're still looking at me blankly. Do you yeah. know nothing of Vanderpump Rules? No. Okay, when we finish this, Google Scandival, and then okay. you'll, like, your whole life will explode. But... Basically, there's been a huge drama. It's a big reality TV show, and it made me um, want to pick up this book, which I've had on my shelf, written by one of the stars. Um, It is a very easy, basic bitch read. Um, Kind of self-help adjacent, but doesn't make any, like, clinical kind of promises. She's she's just a reality star. So this is a very quick roundup of a really easy read that I picked up. Um... She's an ex-cast member who was cancelled in 2020. She was fired from the show and cancelled as a a result of, um, I guess it was a racism row that happened. Um, And she was pregnant, locked down in 2020 and took the time to kind of educate herself. She hired like diversity coaches and all sorts of things and wrote a book called Off With My Head, um, the author is Stacy Schroeder, who is um, the kind of ice queen character from this reality TV show, Vanderpump Rules. 
and it is the definitive basic bitch handbook to surviving rock bottom and um it's i won't take very much time on it because it's niche but it's um self-deprecating funny kind of millennial little tips to kind of pull yourself up from rock rock bottom if your rock okay. bottom is that you've been fired from all of your jobs and <laughs> you're pregnant and you've got no money coming in then obviously you might need this more but um i just thought it was a fun little read and um timely given that my instagram feed is entirely 100 percent bravo drama um i don't know anybody honest, that doesn't i don't i've not heard of that <gasps> show well my poor other half knows so much more about dj james kennedy than he has ever wanted to know in his life no, no? literally <sighs> no idea this is the real it's all the real housewives drama Okay. Still, yeah. No. So Rihanna's in the is... classical classical music world. <laughs> She's well, far too high. I'm not really in that world either. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I'm just not in the real world. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, yeah. I just. I don't really. I, I try not to. Try not. I try not to watch reality TV shows anymore. Mm. Um, I'm, I've kind of made an active choice not to indulge in those things. It's my guilty been, pleasure that I yeah. usually watch at like 6am when I'm getting ready, but there's this scandal that's happened which has become so pervasive that it's like crept its huh. way into every conversation. Poor Alex knows everything that's going on with these people. <laughs> so so now you all do as well. Go and Google it. Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Drama. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Yeah, no, never heard of it. So I will have to go and educate myself but i'm not sure i really want to <laughs> no don't save yourself you'll literally you will lose yourself to watching 10 seasons of this program that you don't care about yeah okay i'll but yeah i'll maybe leave it that's me done um off with my head by Stacy schroeder um it was just a little millennial kind of self-help book cool okay well that's us that's us then done um Finito. Yeah, we'll be back to doing a featured read next, ne- in the next fortnight. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to we... say next week, but no, it's not. <laughs> in a few weeks. We have picked it. It's In, Mem- in Memoriam by Alice yeah. Wynn. Alice Wynn, yeah. We picked up, it was a bit of a, on a whim uh, decision, wasn't it? It was something that I, I knew that I wanted to read. Um, yeah. And we went into queer lit in manchester on one one of our many socialization days um and it was there right at the entrance little signed copies available and we were like well that'll do yeah there was well there was two two signed copies on the shelf so it felt like it was like meant to be yeah and it's green and pink so it's podcast colors as well so yeah we'll be we'll do we'll Probably have already done a shout out by the time you hear this. I'll get that done. Um, yeah. So that we can have a little book club situation going. I really enjoy um, those. Yeah. It keeps me on schedule to make yeah. me actually read the chapters. Same. And I also think in this day and age, it's a good way. With Instagram being the way it is now, um, it's quite kind of hard to engage. Um, but I find that doing little group reads is a nice way of keeping up more of a community yeah. feel like um, making it feel like so. people are still out there <laughs> yeah exactly. people are it's still another, out on instagram yeah it's another way of just yeah reaching 
reaching other people and having a nice natter about things. So yeah, if yeah. you um if you don't follow us on Instagram then what have you been doing the last few years? Honestly. <laughs> Where have um, you been? But yeah, come come over come and give us a, a follow and also join in with some of our buddy reads. because um, yeah we do one a month and it's good fun. And that's about it. There we go. That's our yep. pitch. It's done. Um, so we will talk at you later. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod, so come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.